The Law School of America. Corporate manslaughter is a crime in several jurisdictions, including England and Wales and Hong Kong. It enables a corporation to be punished and censured for culpable conduct that leads to a person's death. This extends beyond any compensation that might be awarded in civil litigation or any criminal prosecution of an individual, including an employee or contractor. The Corporate Manslaughter and Corporate Homicide Act 2007 came into effect in the UK on April 6, 2008. Theory. Clarkson identifies six theories of corporate manslaughter. Identification Doctrine. Aggregation Doctrine. Reactive Corporate Fault. Vicarious Liability. Management Failure Model and corporate mens rea identification doctrine this approach holds that the offense of corporate manslaughter is made out when an individual commits all the elements of the offense of manslaughter and that person is sufficiently senior to be seen as the controlling mind of the corporation prior to the corporate manslaughter and corporate homicide act 2007 this is how the law applied in england and wales aggregation doctrine this approach known in the u.s as the collective knowledge doctrine aggregates all the acts and mental elements of various company employees and finds the offense if all the elements of manslaughter are made out, though not necessarily within a single controlling mind. This approach is used in the US but has been rejected in England and Wales. Reactive corporate fault. This idea was proposed by Fiss and Braithwaite. They proposed that where an individual had committed the actus reus of manslaughter, a court should have the power to order the employing corporation to institute measures to prevent further recurrence and should face criminal prosecution should they fail to do so. Vicarious liability. The broader principle of vicarious liability, respondent superior in the U.S., is often invoked to establish corporate manslaughter. In the U.S., where an employee commits a crime within the sphere of his employment and with the intention of benefiting the corporation, his criminality can be imputed to the company. The principle has sometimes been used in England and Wales for strict liability offences concerning regulatory matters but the exact law is unclear. Management Failure Model This is the approach to be taken under the Corporate Manslaughter and Corporate Homicide Act 2007 which came into force in the UK in April 2008. Where a corporation's activities cause a person's death and the failure was because of a breach that falls far below what can reasonably be expected of the organisation and the circumstances, the offence is made out. Corporate Mens Rea a further approach is to accept the legal fiction of corporate personality and to extend it to the possibility of a corporate mens rea, to be found in corporate practices and policies. This approach has been widely advocated in the US, as the corporate ethos standard and introduced in Australia in 1995. Support and criticism of the concept. Clarkson identifies four valuable characteristics of criminal prosecution. Stronger procedural protection of corporations, such as proof beyond reasonable doubt. More powerful enforcement agencies, such as the Health and Safety Executive in the UK. The stigma and censure that follow from conviction, and the symbolic role of criminal law that sends a message to society. However, the existence of such a crime has been criticized, especially from the point of view of law and economics which argues that civil damages are a more appropriate means of compensation, recognition of the loss suffered and deterrence. Such arguments emphasize that, because the civil courts award compensation commensurate with the damage done, they apply the appropriate level of deterrence. Pursuing corporate criminal liability results in society bearing the higher sanctioning costs of stigma penalties and the increased costs of deterring corporate misbehavior created by the procedural protections of criminal law. Kana, 1996. Again, such arguments contend that over-deterrence may divert resources from other socially beneficial activities. When the penalty exceeds the social harm, the problem of socially excessive product prices and litigation costs again arises. Fischel and Sykes, 
1996. A further strand of criticism holds that only individuals can commit crimes. Further, it is individuals who feel the threat of deterrence. In England in 1994, OLL Limited were convicted of corporate manslaughter over the Lime Bay kayaking tragedy and fined £60,000 while Peter Kite, one of the company's directors, was sentenced to three years imprisonment, arguably a greater influence on the conduct of company managers. Further, a corporation may simply be a veil for an individual's activities, easily liquidated and with no reputation to protect. Again it is argued, company fines ultimately punish shareholders, customers and employees in general, rather than culpable managers. By jurisdiction. United States. In the U.S. there is currently no corporate manslaughter law. However, there have been numerous calls in the literature for a corporate death penalty. Most recently a study argued that industries that kill more people each year than they employ should have an industry-wide corporate death penalty. United Kingdom. Corporate manslaughter is a criminal offense in English law, being an act of homicide committed by a company or organization. In general, in English criminal law, a juristic person is in the same position as a natural person, and may be convicted for committing many offenses. The Court of Appeal confirmed in one of the cases following the Herald of Free Enterprise disaster that a company can, in principle, commit manslaughter, although all defendants in that case were acquitted. Canada. In Canada Bill C-45 was enacted as a response to the Westray mine explosion that killed 26 miners in 1992. The bill added a new section to the Canadian Criminal Code which reads, 217.1 Everyone who undertakes, or has the authority, to direct how another person does work or performs a task is under a legal duty to take reasonable steps to prevent bodily harm to that person, or any other person, arising from that work or task. Mayhem is a common law criminal offence consisting of the intentional maiming of another person. Under the law of England and Wales and other common law jurisdictions, it originally consisted of the intentional and wanton removal of a body part that would handicap a person's ability to defend themselves in combat. Under the strict common law definition, initially this required damage to an eye or a limb, while cutting off an ear or a nose was deemed not sufficiently disabling. In the many years since, the meaning of the crime expanded to encompass any type of mutilation, disfigurement, or crippling act done using any instrument. United States. Modern statutes in the U.S. define mayhem as disabling or disfiguring, such as rendering useless a member of another person's arms or legs. The injury must be permanent, not just a temporary loss. Some courts will hold even a minor battery as mayhem if the injury is not minor. Mayhem in the U.S. is a felony in all states and jurisdictions, including federal. In the states of California, Vermont, and Oklahoma, mayhem is punishable by up to life imprisonment. In other states where laws defining mayhem, or maiming, are in place, the maximum punishment for mayhem is generally around 10 to 20 years, and mandatory minimum terms of imprisonment may also apply, depending on the laws of the state. If mayhem was committed in an aggravated fashion, such as in the case of where it resulted in permanent disability or disfigurement, the punishment is generally much more severe, and may even include life imprisonment. For example, simple mayhem in California is punishable by 2 to 8 years in prison, whereas aggravated mayhem, where permanent injuries result, is punishable by up to life imprisonment. England. History of definitions. In England and Wales, it has fallen into disuse. In 1992 the Law Commission recommended that it be abolished, and in 1998 the Home Office proposed to abolish it, in the course of codifying the law relating to offences against the person. Fetter v. Beale. The most significant change in common law mayhem doctrine came in 1697, when the King's Bench decided Fetter v. Beale. There, the plaintiff recovered in a battery action against a defendant. Shortly thereafter, 
part of his skull by reason of the said battery came out of his head, and the plaintiff brought a subsequent action under mayhem. Though Fetter is also known as an early example of res judicata, it is most significant for expanding the ambit of mayhem to include loss of the skull. Modern Doctrine In modern times, the offense of mayhem has been superseded in many jurisdictions by statutory offenses such as Aggravated battery Grievous bodily harm Etymology Both the noun mayhem and the verb maim come from Old French via Anglo-Norman. The word is first attested in various Romance languages in the 13th century, but its ultimate origin is unclear. For one hypothesis about its origin, see the Wiktionary entry for this word. Etymology of other meaning. The term reeker of mayhem was, accurately, originally used for a person going on a rampage, onslaught, in the glorified setting of a just war. After such uses, the term abounded for centuries in journalese, such as reporting rioting and mayhem, which readers misunderstood as meaning havoc, chaos or pandemonium, and started the usual modern use of the word mayhem. The Law School of America the content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike License. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America